Welcome to the SCOM podcast. This is our security and compliance podcast created by Quarter Cloud. I'm Kelly and I work at the marketing department. And I'm Phil from the technical team. And we're going to take you through all our technology in a really interesting way. Phil Talks Technical, where I keep it lighthearted with a selection of exciting guest speakers. Let's delve in. In this episode, we will be talking all things email and more specifically how API approach and data science is now the future of email security. We're really excited to introduce the latest technology that's breaking out of America and why Phil and the rest of us are really excited to be working with them. So I'm really looking forward to you listening to this and catching up with me, Phil and Chris Martin from Abnormal. Today, we are very excited to have Chris Martin here from Abnormal, along with me and Phil, although sadly Phil's not here today due to COVID restrictions, so it's just me kicking around in the podcast room. So, um, Phil, I thought we'd start with you today, and you could tell us a little bit why we are really excited to be working with Abnormal, and why it's really kicked all the competitors to the curb, and why you're really excited about this new tech. Oh, we've, we've been pestering them for ages to get them over into the UK, and um, they've been having huge growth in the US. Um got some really big customers over there and when we've looked at it the engine that runs behind it is really really accurate at pulling out all the types of emails that we're going to be talking about today protecting your organization uh, and again it's a really really quick and easy um product to both to demonstrate and deploy mm-hmm. um, and we could really see that when we were sort of looking at what was happening with attacks that the types of attacks in office 365 are really really increasing and it was something our customers were really going to need to protect uh, their office 365 infrastructure and their accounts Perfect. Chris, can you now tell us a little bit of background about Abnormal, where it's come from? Because from, from when I've seen a bit of more information, it's not been built probably by people that we would expect. There's a lot of, there's people like Facebook and stuff involved and Google and things like that. That's correct, isn't it? So could you give a little bit of background of how it's been developed and, and where it is now? Yeah, sure. Sure. Thanks, Kelly. So Abnormal came out of stealth about two years ago. And we've been tremendously successful in market and we're growing faster than any enterprise security company has ever grown before. So it's undoubted that we're doing something pretty special over here. Now, it's it's fair observation around the genesis of our company. And Abnormal was set up fundamentally to deal with business email compromise, which we feel is actually the largest problem in cybersecurity. Now, naturally, you'll hear all about ransomware. It seems to be the headline grabber across the cyber industry. But the reality is business email compromise, as far as criminal marketplace goes, is worth almost 10 times what ransomware is. So how do you solve that? Now, many of the larger organizations, many of which are public, that have been in in place for a number of years, have tried to solve this with a policy-based approach. So for those of you that have been in cyber for a number of years, you'll you'll truly understand that any detection engine that is based on having a preconceived notion of what the attackers is going, are going to do is fundamentally flawed. Being able to write policies, rules, IOCs and signatures to determine what the attackers are going to do is a flawed approach because what it means is, by definition, we can only catch yesterday's attackers. Mm. Now, if you look across the cyber landscape, The EDR space innovated away from the AV players because they were taking a behavioral approach on the endpoint and it was tremendously successful and there's been some huge public events across that part of the industry. Later then, we saw this happening in the network space. So organizations like Vectra, Darktrace, ExtraHop, even Stealthwatch 
we're innovating to use beha- a behavioral approach on the network layer to eradicate the the rules and the, the high FP rates associated with uh, the IDPS systems. Now, finally, Abnormal has been able to go to market with this behavioral approach designed for email specifically. Now, the interesting thing, Kelly, and the observation that you made is that you're right. Some of the founders at our organization have not come from a classic cyber background. In fact, they've come from the ad tech space. Yeah. Now, I think it's it's fair to, to say that if you consider ad tech as the ability to profile the the behaviors of human beings as they manifest into the Internet to drive marketing opportunities, as you can imagine, that's one of the most lucrative markets on the planet. And with lucrative markets comes R&D spend. So the ability to profile uh, human beings into the Internet from a behavioral data science point of view is extremely sophisticated and advanced in the ad tech space. That led the, the, the founders of this company to identify other areas in the world where the same approach could solve true problems. And business email compromise is a thorn in the side for many a CISO and risk professional across the world. And the reality is the classic approach to defending against business email compromise attacks has been to predefine what the attackers are going to do by writing policies in the secure email gateway. That is no longer fit for purpose from our perspective. So innovation has been required. And I think the approach that we've taken both architecturally and, of course, the data science that underpins this is very fit for purpose. And it's why we're seeing such success in market. Yeah, I think what you're saying there is because, you know, like a lot of traditional defenses really are looking at what's known as known bad, aren't they? They're looking at emails that come from a specific IP or, a spe- you know, have a reputation. But you need to look at it a bit deeper than that now, don't you? I know that we've been we've got a few customers that have been uh, working with you on this. And the stuff that you've been picking up is really, really clever, isn't it? You've been picking up very kind of – some of them are actually fraud that we've actually picked up, you know, and, and different types of emails. And the way that you've picked it up, it's it's very clever, isn't it? That's a, that's a real key thing about this is a way that it's kind of – it looks at things unique to that organization, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right, Phil. And one of the things that's absolutely core to our detection capability is accuracy and precision. And the comment you made there on the legacy approach – uh, is, is an interesting one because we feel that the technology that exists in our security for a number of years is fundamentally based on a rule-based notion of known bad, whereas Abnormal is taking an advanced behavioral profiling notion of known good. We're able to extract in excess of 50,000 signals from every single email communication to build up the richest pattern for what we expect this to look like. And because of that rich pattern, we're able to identify when things are somewhat amiss. Okay, so can I, I mean, from my marketing brain for this, because obviously this is quite technical of what's going on, but I don't know if any of you watched it, probably not. There was a Netflix episode about how Facebook ads, Instagram ads are built and how they actually are socially engineered to make sure that you stay on it for as long as possible, you follow a certain thing, you buy a purchase, like all very clever of manipulating you and your mood and where you are and how it tracks you're basically saying these very intelligent people have done the same thing to be able to make sure that you can better understand your emails and and also make sure and being head of the attacker because you know so much about the company and the people and their emails and their behaviors that's right as a yeah yeah that's right kelly so as I mentioned, ad tech is, is, severe, is severely sophisticated in behavioral data science. And, you know, it's 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 no surprise to me that when I jump on the Internet and start doing some browsing, that the things that are advertised to me are, are typically um, 
uh, uh, niche IPAs, uh, mountaineering equipment and holidays to somewhere warmer than the UK. Right. There's no surprise to me because the technology that is underpinning my my, the behavioral profiling of me going into the net is identifying that these things are seemingly important to me right now. Yeah. So there's no wonder that, that that's what's being advertised to me. Now, a similar approach has been taken by Abnormal, right? And there are three pillars to all of our detection capability. And, and the first is the identity graph. So we're extracting extremely rich signal to understand how your employees manifest in email within your email environment. And we're able to understand this from an extremely granular point of view by by making strong observations from an automated and behavioral data science approach to understand exactly how you manifest in email. Now, the interesting thing is we're building up these genomes of your employees, but we're also doing them for your vendors, partners and customers. So interestingly, anyone that's able to to anyone that manifests themselves into your email environment can be profiled by abnormal. So that includes your vendors and customers and partners. So we're also able to identify when your partners have been compromised and are attempting to compromise you via seemingly trusted sources. So it's really interesting that we can build up these genomes or these fingerprints for any entity that comes into your email infrastructure. Once we've been able to build up the genomes for individuals as they manifest in email, we're now able to start taking behavioral insights on profiling the relationship between them and other entities and understanding things like the supply chain graphs via vendor base, internal communication graphs, frequency analysis, and actually getting a clear picture of how people's manifestation of communication changes dependent on their communicating with. The third pillar then is content analysis. So using natural language processing techniques to actually read the content of an email or attachments autonomously and being able to extract signal based on the tonality, the the language and the content of that email to understand whether things are potentially a financial request, whether there's an urgent nature for this, whether there are several other things in play here that might be able to help us identify as to whether this could be an attacker. Now, in isolation, none of these pillars are deterministic. Each of them drive or contribute towards an overall attack score, which then enables you to make the the, the priority decision on where your SOC analyst needs to spend their time. Or our preferred approach is you actually automate the entire process and allow us to evaporate emails well in advance of them being able to actually be interacted by the end user. So obviously, email security isn't really something new. It's been around for a very long time and we've all got, we've probably all used our different versions in our different companies. So Phil, yeah. how, how has this evolved and what, what is the difference now? And, and I guess we're, you know, we're, we're using it internally. Could you explain a bit how, how it's changed and how, how it's evolved? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the attackers have changed. So, so has the solution. I guess going back, it used to be more of a secure email gateway approach. So it was effectively an extra hop in the email, uh, a change to the MX record. Now, obviously, that would mean that it could only see the email as it was going out or coming in. Um, so you could pick up some things that way. Um, but the way that you kind of want to do things these days is through an API. And what that does is it gives you access directly into the emails. Uh, that makes it much, much easier to pick up on other things like, you know, email compromise, issues with your, your accounts. Um, but also, you know, to, to be able to go and have a look and see what emails are already in there and helps you to be able to group them together and have a look at patterns and threats. And I think that's why, you know, that and normal have done it that way. It's also so, so much easier to deploy, literally. I mean, we, we, we've been using it and deploying it with customers and we're literally up and running in like 20 minutes. You know, it's really, really easy. And obviously then you can start to see all the stuff that's been missed over time by those that older approach. 
So you think, Chris, it really does allow the engine to give you that, you know, depth and detections. Yeah, that's right, Phil. You've hit the nail on the head. So unlike the Secure Email Gateway, there's no requirement to shift MX records or even have an additional hop before it actually reaches the end user. Um, The way that we do it is it's completely API based. Right. So this makes us vastly different to a seg deployment. And we natively integrate into your M365 or G Suite via that API. And what this enables us to do is, firstly, it enables us to monitor east-west internal traffic, which is you know, historically unavailable to SEGS. Um, but it also gets us access through the API to sign-in signals, security events, mail config. Uh, and of course, maybe to some extent, most importantly, it avoids any mail delivery issues that traditionally plague the secure email gateway world. I was going to say that also lets you pick up things like MFA bypasses and issues with your actual accounts as well, a bit beyond even just the mail, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this enables us, this this approach and architecture enables us to build much more powerful models for detection. That includes the ability to detect account takeovers, stop the spread of internal phishing, uh, internal malware spreads. Uh, Essentially, this gives us just tremendous visibility and the ability to extract significant signal, whereas opposed to the classic approach to defending against email-borne attacks was to see it in line at the front end of the infrastructure, extracting, you know, fairly limited signal in reality. You mentioned here that we could, uh, it it goes in very seamlessly. How long does it really take for the abnormal engine to learn of your environment? I'm guessing it needs a bit of time to work out how people talk and how they engage and Jane from finance, who she talks to. So how long would you roughly say it needs to be embedded in in a business world to know what, what, what is working and what's not? Thanks, Kelly. That's actually a really great question. Now, what we're referring to here is time to value. Now, the interesting thing about Abnormal is, is firstly, we're able to insert into a user environment very, very quickly and very, very effortlessly. So it's quite simple. We send you a link, assuming that you're uh, a Microsoft house. We send you a link that brings up a a set of read-only permissions that you give us access to. So there is no risk here because we can't possibly take any action, disrupt mail flow or evaporate emails before they get to the end user because we're in a a monitoring-only capacity. Now, from that moment on, we start a retrospective look back. We start to analyze email that sits within your user mailboxes today. And the interesting thing about this is, is is for me personally, coming from uh, a couple of uh, network detection response vendors, when we insert into POV, we're only able to look at live data because nobody is really storing the network packets. It's, you know, network packets are not trivial to store. So the reality is you're only able to see from today onwards. With email, it's, it's vastly different. There are, you know, huge cloud databases full of your email for you know potentially five, even 10 years. And what that enables us to do is to start analyzing them retrospectively to build up our models and understand how the humans are manifesting in email. We can do about 45 days worth of retrospective look back in a, in a five to seven day period, which is when we then present our first care report to you, which is designed to show you malicious emails that are sitting within user mailboxes today that have by definition already bypassed all of your existing controls and uh, technologies and processes designed to stop them from reaching the end user. We present that care report to you to shine a light on threats that exist within user mailboxes today. That is always an interesting session. We then move to a live view. So seven days later, we present another care report to you, which is designed on threats that we're seeing on the fly over the last seven days. This is more often more interesting because what we tend to get visibility of here is actually internal accounts that have been compromised. And this is, of course, one of the most egregious threats that are presented via email.
So um, me listening to that, obviously we were doing this and you're saying that these things are actually coming up. Um, is it coming up a lot? What's kind of like the things that you're picking up? I, I feel, have you seen anything when we've done the POVs that you thought, oh, wow, like that that's yeah, not great? Been, yeah, we've seen quite serious account compromises. I mean, there's even a few instances where, you know, we've been obviously the information's all within the console, but we've been asked to put something together that can be presented to a board. Wow. You know, so again, it can be explained that, you know, what's happened because it's that serious, what it's picking up. And again, the, these people we're talking about, they had other products filtering their emails before Abnormal went in. So it wasn't like they didn't have any protection at all. No. It just obviously wasn't the right type of protection. The other thing that I think is worth pointing out and something that I really liked in the in, in the console, again, it's only one part of it. But what Abnormal does is as they're building up that pitch of your organization, they build up all the companies that you're actually talking to. It's you're really good. So they build a list of all yeah, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, List yeah. of all the companies, whether they're risky, you know, what kind of emails you're sending from and to. So you actually get a whole picture of what your organization and how, how they're talking to people. So they're building it up within your own emails, but they're looking at the companies you're talking to as well. And obviously, if there's threats against those companies, you know, or, or issues, that can also help flag things as well. So it's it's very comprehensive. And I know Chris mentioned the 50,000 touch points, and, you know, it's hard to cover 50,000 touch points in one podcast, but, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that we can actually look at and, you know, and go but through. But I, I love that because, I mean, we always talk about here, like many people know that we look after predominantly the NHS. But the bigger thing for us really is the NHS is only as safe as its supply chain, right? If there's people outside of the NHS that work with them, whether that's the uh, laundry or the shops that are there or anything, because you talk about this with me, Phil, of all the different you know ways people could get in the network because they're third party or the supply chain. It, yeah, you are really only as strong. You can be as secure as you want in, inside, right? But if there's people outside that have weaknesses, they could bring them straight in and you wouldn't even really be aware, I guess. No, that's right, Kelly. And and the vendor email compromise piece is incredibly important to us. And, you know, the approach that we take to modeling your the users within your vendors, partners and customers is the same approach that we take to modeling your own employees. So we're able to build up very rich genomes for how they manifest in email into your environment. And we're then able to detect when they've potentially been compromised and are, again, potentially trying to uh, manipulate social engineer or compromise you guys via those trusted sources. And this is incredibly important because one, the behavioral data science approach is is very fit for purpose for this particular problem. And I feel that we have solved it in technology. But as Phil mentioned, actually the vendor base feature that we have within the product is actually tremendously valuable because what that means is, is that we're profiling your vendors and we're able to do this with extremely high accuracy, actually. And, and it's interesting because we're able to you know, extract the signal from these emails and determine whether they are indeed a partner or vendor of yours. And if you compare that with your procurement department's list of known vendors, it's, it is incredibly accurate. And, you know, it's somewhat comical at times. Uh, by, by analyzing your vendors, we're able to build up a picture of how they're behaving and also identify when they've been compromised. Now, across all of Abnormal's customers, we get a really rich view. And many of which, many of these vendors are vendors to multiple customers. Yeah. If we're able to detect that a vendor has been compromised in one of our customers, there is a very good chance that they're also going to attempt to attack the other customer that's using that same vendor. So there's a notion of global sharing here, which we populate into a UI to provide you with a little bit more context as to why a particular vendor might be more risky, even though we haven't seen a manifestation of them being compromised in your environment per se. I really like that, though, because you talk about, I quite like how you call it the care report and how you actually, you're really looking 
zooming out, aren't you, and protecting all your customers. You're not keeping the information quite to yourself and be like, well, poor them. You're like, well, actually, I know our customers have got X, Y, and Z. I can see where it's going to spread. It's, I don't know, it feels very much like a community being part of Abnormal because yeah. you're, you're all sharing your information, so you're all supporting each other. So I think that's a, a very nice concept. That's, that's right, Kelly. It is a community, and the notion of global sharing will improve as our footprint in market improves and, and grows over the coming years. The more customers that we have, the more vendors we're able to profile. And the more vendors we're able to profile and detect compromises in, the more we can help each other. Yeah, and be faster than hopefully the attacker. That's right. And I, and I know earlier, Kelly, you were asking about, you know, what types of things we'd seen. Um, yeah. And just give, give a few more, you know, examples within the platform or the, just the types of things it's going to pick up. Obviously, we've talked about, you know, email account take, takeovers, but... Obviously, it'll pick up impersonations of kind of key people in your organization, things around payroll fraud, extortion, credential phishing, spam, malware. I mean, there's, there's a whole heap of things it's going to detect. And again, it, the way it presents that to you, um, it categorizes it down for you and shows you what, what category it falls under. And literally, when you click into it, it explains exactly why that detection is there. You know, it gives you a score. It shows you clearly why it's been detected and what parts of the email are an issue. So you can very easily go in and say, okay, right, okay, I understand why it's detected this. So it's, it's a very easy to read platform for people to go in and see why those detections are there as well. Okay, so I'm obviously from a marketing background, really quite like the social engineering stuff and how we can retarget ads and how that all works. But I guess from a security point of view, why should we be very concerned about this, Chris? Like, why, why is this social engineering something that we should be a buzzword, really, as much as ransomware? Yeah, so, so social engineering is huge, right, and, and underpins the majority of cyber attacks, right? The, the ability for attackers to manipulate the target to take action, a desirable action for the end user, but desirable for the attacker, is really important for attackers' goals. Now also known as hacking the human, so to speak. The interesting thing about social engineering is that it can be much, much easier to manipulate a human being to take action than actually crafting potentially a zero day to be able to compromise systems and extract data that way, right, in, in, you know, at a very high level here. So as an example, let's say I want to gain access to uh, an internet-facing application. Well, it might take a lot of time and resource to develop an exploit that would give me that access, Whereas I could just craft a socially engineered attack to manipulate the, the admin of that application to give me the credentials and I'll just log in openly and extract the data that I need, right? And I appreciate that's a very high-level example, but it sort of shines a light on why social engineering is so prevalent. Now, if you look at business email compromise, that, that is, you know, by definition, social engineering. So... And, and I know that the quarter cloud guys experience this on a regular basis. So imagine being a large enterprise organization, but attackers taking measures to impersonate an executive to then social engineer or manipulate somebody potentially in the finance department to move money out of the organizations and into the attackers pockets is in general significantly easier and quicker than crafting advanced technical attacks against an organization. We've yeah. done quite a few events recently and, you know, everyone talks about everything. Um, and um, one of one of the speakers said, well, you know, really, all they need to do is just sit, you know, switch the alarm system off or find whatever windows open. Like, why would you do something really, really complicated when you can just find the, the quickest way in? And 
and unfortunately we are human aren't we and we do get mm. manipulated and we've got emotions or we've got things going on in the background or we're with the kids aren't we or on the school run and we read something quickly I mean that always happens to me it always gets sent to me from someone senior when I'm on the school run and they know that I'm going to be on my phone or not probably reading it quickly the amount of times I've had things through at that point saying Kelly can you sort this or action this he seemed to work out well we know she's roughly it's probably because it's in my outlook calendar where I am but um yeah it's just it's interesting isn't it like unfortunately we are human and that's something that's not really I hope doesn't change that we still can make mistakes yeah I think you know the fundamentals of social engineering is it's not difficult to manipulate a human being because most human beings want to help and we're trusting by nature aren't we the default setting for a human being is to trust unless otherwise proven. Not if you work in cybersecurity. I think we have a healthy paranoia that keeps us safe from these attacks. Mm. But the reality is we represent a very small percentage of the population. And just to give you an example, you know, everyone has been the recipient of a social engineering attack on some level. And this might be uh, an African prince asking for your help, yeah. uh, or it could be somebody pretending to be your bank and asking you to click something. And this is very opportunistic because actually you don't work, you don't bank with that bank. But mm. hey, guess what? You clicked it anyway. Um, but the more interesting stuff is, and, and I'll give you an example that we saw just recently. So the CEO of a large enterprise organization that we've been in POV with for a little while has a a particularly expensive uh, classic Aston Martin. And he gets this cleaned every single month at the same place, which are a specialist valeters for that type of car. He it is his pride and joy. And he doesn't take it to a, a drive through at the Shell garage. Of course. Now, the interesting thing is, so he received an email from the valeting company that he's used for the last few years saying, dear X, thank you so much for all your business over recent years. We've really enjoyed washing and valeting your prestigious Aston Martin. And and it's been a privilege for us. And the team always enjoy your visits. Thank you so much for your business. As a, an appreciation of our thanks, we've put together a series of photos of your car being washed and also a voucher for your next three washes to be free on us. Please click the link to to to, to claim your voucher. I so would now, click that. Well, the interesting thing is they had granular detail on how long he's been a customer. They had granular detail on the specifics of his car. And they even had photographs of his car being washed, which they extracted from the valeting company's website. Oh, so right? he had photos. They were legitimate photos. I thought the photos were going to be fake, but they were, fo- they were actual real photos. They were, they were legitimate. <gasps> they were legitimate, right? Oh, my God. And... Uh, and also the tone of the email was playing to uh, the, the pride that this gentleman has in his car. Yeah. Right. So, you know, th- there was an understanding not only of of the, of the circumstances here. Right. That, you know, they've done their reconnaissance work to understand the circumstances, but they've also done some behavioral profiling here to, to, to get a get a grasp of what would appeal. What would the tonality of the email be to appeal here? And naturally, they, they, got a, they got a link click, right? And I won't share the rest, but ultimately, we were able to detect what happened. Now, the point I'm making here is socially engineered attacks are not what they used to be. They are extremely accurate. They are ex- extremely sophisticated. And they are extremely impactful and most importantly, successful. Mm. And the ability to detect when something has happened is paramount now. And also, do you not think we overshare? I watched something really interesting recently about how people will actually 
befriend like your spouse making out they're part of like the same kids group or they go to the same school making the same profile and us women are quite trusting I'm like oh we go to the same school but obviously I I mean I think everyone does but women generally overshare we put up pictures of the kids and when they started school and when we've moved into the new house or when the new cars arrived and and I don't think we ever think of it as a bad thing but we do overshare but ultimately you, you are giving a hell of a lot of information so if someone wanted to target the husband or the partner they know or oh, your kid goes to that school your wife calls that her nickname's this she went to that high school we publicly put it all out there so it's, I guess we we share so much because we want to because we're human but we're also allowing someone to have access to a lot of granular information and probably what we use as passwords if we think about it um publicly um so i guess it's in some ways we're making it a little bit easier for them to write these socially engineered emails in some ways completely kelly you know back back in the day and i I won't show my age with you but i worked at an organization that used to emulate advanced attackers and then attack organizations to demonstrate to them where they might be weak or vulnerable Mm. and this would take like a completely holistic view this wasn't limited to technical attacks this would involve like physical penetration of head office space it would involve you know advanced socially engineered tactics and it would also involve you know really really extreme extraction of intelligence to be able to feed into these campaigns through reconnaissance work and back in those days the guys would quite literally be doing dumpster dives looking for things within the you know the corporate bins that would give them some indication or or some thread to pull on that could help with a future technical campaign there is no need to do that anymore the dumpster is now social media and it is full with really interesting stuff that social social engineers can use to their advantage i guess we're going to wrap up because i think there's so much we could talk about abnormal and we just said today we're just going to be a little teaser because it's you know it's an exciting project we want to get that out there and hopefully covid good we'll get everyone back in the podcast but let's wrap up a little bit on rely like email security is evolving and i think the risk of this and risk managers have obviously always relied on teams being trained and picking things up could we go into a little bit of that that to kind of conclude the full circle of why we're excited about abnormal yeah and i think we could talk all day around the approach around innovation around maybe how the legacy approach here is no longer fit for purpose but i think what i'd love to leave the listeners with is this This has been historically a very difficult place to manage risk because to prevent email-based compromises occurring, the dependency has sat with the users being trained. That is a very difficult thing to manage from a risk perspective because it's very difficult to metricize. And unfortunately, human beings change in state and are, are very susceptible to taking actions that are not desirable for us. The reality is we have, through advancements in behavioral data science, the right architecture and the right approach for detecting the most sophisticated email-borne attacks. We have been able to move the dependency from the user being trained to technology. And through this technology, we have solved business email compromise.